0: Hello, Ashley. Hello. So, it's September 9th, uh, and September 8th was Star Trek Day, which apparently is a thing. And I did not know that until the day was upon us. Hmm. Um, But September 8th, 1966, is when the original Star Trek series premiered on, I believe it was CBS. Uh, Kirk, Spock, and the crew. Uh, And now, you know, 55 years later, here we are with I don't know how many movies and all these... Spinoff shows of varying quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> I thought we would do our second retro episode, uh, which, for those keeping score, is uh, where we talk about an old film. Uh, and uh, I thought we'd make it about uh, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. So, um, yeah, and I guess a happy belated um, Star Trek Day.
1: Yes, and may the Force be with you. No,
0: no, that's that's <laughs> Star Wars.
1: That's, um. that's
0: not Star Trek. Oh, um. So, Star Trek IV uh, came out in 1986, and um, we, you and I just recently watched it again uh, at the theater. I don't know why, but a month or so ago, it was put out to cinemas, and mm-hmm. um, we watched it. Um, had you seen this movie like before?
1: Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, how old were you when you first saw this movie?
1: Um, so, when did the movie come out? 86. 86. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I, we, we rented it um, and watched it at home. So that was maybe 87. So I would have been, you know, 12 or 13, probably.
0: Yeah, the whole video window was a little longer than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um should probably talk about the setup for this. So, you know, a lot of folks uh, in pop culture know about the original Star Trek crew. They're pretty ingrained in our, mm-hmm. in, like I said, in our pop culture history. Kirk. You got Captain Kirk, you know, you have Mr. Spock, Dr. McCoy, Uhura, Sulu, so on and so forth. Um, this sort of completes a pseudo trilogy in the Star Trek movies, where part two was Wrath of Khan, and, uh, you know, Spock dies at the end. And then part three is the search for Spock, where they bring him back. Uh, but at the end of that, he's still not quite got his mental bearings. And so, part four starts with them. Uh, the crew is on the planet Vulcan, where Spock is trying to get his memory back and kind of get get his equilibrium. Uh, and the Enterprise crew, in order to um, get Spock back, in, in the third movie, kind of had to break a lot of Federation rules. So they are uh, Klingons are not happy with them, and the the, the crew go back in, in a little Klingon ship to Earth to. Um, to kind of face their uh, their, their their sentencing. Mm-hmm. Now, um, in the meantime, a probe, as it's called, a cylindrical probe, has arrived at Earth, and it is sort of directing some communication toward Earth's oceans, but it's actually ionizing the atmosphere and messing up the oceans. Anyways, it's, it's, things are bad. So Kirk and crew decided to go back in time to 1986 because they have realized the messages were a humpback whale, and they were... Uh, hunted to extinction in, like, the 21st century. So, yeah, they go back and try to get some whales so they can bring them to the forward of the future, so they can, as Dr. McCoy says, you know, communicate with this probe and tell it to, you know, to go do whatever with itself. So, um,
1: yeah. So I enjoy this movie a lot. Um, And I think it's it's a good movie for someone like me who is maybe your casual um, Star Trek fan. Um, I've still seen very little of the original series um just an episode here or there um but you know just because i'm relatively culturally aware i i know the characters and um you know i've but when i saw this movie at age 12 or 13 i had seen i remember going to the theater to see part three so i'd seen that i'd seen bits of the second film and then i still to this day haven't seen the first movie um so you know A casual fan but this one is just so fun and you know the the characters have this natural camaraderie that feels very real and obviously you know they have actually been acting these actors have been acting together for a long time and the characters they feel very lived in and um there's just a lot of kind of natural humor character-based humor that's just really nice to watch um And the story's fun, right? I mean, it's a little... The plot is a little silly, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think time travel has really played much of a part in Star Trek.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so casual fan. Uh, Yeah, it it has, to a certain extent. Okay. Um, I mean, they did something like almost 80 episodes in the original series, Uh and I think of those...
1: A handful dealt with time travel. Oh,
0: okay. But still, a lot of those are standout episodes. Okay. So you have, they have time travel before.
1: Okay. Because yeah. um, in this movie, it seems to happen very um, conveniently that they're able to time travel. And they do it very well. It all works out just perfectly. They whip around the
0: sun yeah. at a certain <laughs> speed. And it, and, and I don't know whether that's really a, th- a theory, a real theory, or um, if it's just a Star Trek thing.
1: Well, certainly I know you yeah you know you can maybe warp space time continuum the faster you go i don't know but yeah i think it it stretches credulity a little bit uh, or a lot but <laughs> but you know you're 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 involved in the story you like the characters you just kind of you know you buy into it and plus, it's just so fun because it's it ends up being fish out of water story, right? Where each of the characters. So we 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 arrive back to Earth in in 1986, and all these characters are having to you know deal with 1986 and the limited technology and the, the the culture that they're not familiar with and the customs that they're not familiar with. Um, so it's just a lot of fun. I, and it's one that I can watch again and again. I've seen this movie many times, and always enjoy it. Um, yeah,
0: I've seen it a lot too. Um, except for the first time I saw it, and this most last this last time I saw it, it's always been at home. Um, now the first time I saw it was at the, uh, the theater. I went and saw it with my my, my my parents and maybe my grandmother. I can't remember, uh, but it was really a lot of fun. Uh, and then I watched a lot on home video, and then. Yeah, now back to the theater. It's interesting. This most recent experience, for the first time, uh, had me thinking how uh, kind of quaint it was. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether that was because of the fact that I was seeing it on the big screen. Um, but, you know, this was, this was a fairly big movie when it came out. I mean, and I was looking uh, some info and uh, of the original 10 films. So all the original series films and then the, the Next Generation cast movies. Uh, this was the second highest grossing uh, of those 10 uh, first contact with the next generation being the, the highest grossing. And yet, you know, I mean, it's a 35 year old film and it's just as much slower paced than modern day blockbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm that's, it's what I grew up on, but you, you know, you're right about the characters feeling very lived in, um, and, and Leonard Nimoy directs this movie. It's the second of the Star Trek movies that he directs, and uh, uh, I think it was part of the contract to get him to come back to play Spock. But he he's he does a really you know he's got a deft hand at the, uh, 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 directing this, and as, as Spock. This, a Spock, who, like I said earlier, is trying to get his equilibrium still and, uh, and is also a fish out of water along with the rest of the crew uh, has some hilarious lines um, <laughs> and so, you know, it's just it's fun um, I, I also really like um, I think the actress is Catherine Hicks um, who plays it's like a I can't remember, the, what is her title? Like an oceanologist or something like that? Marine biologist a Marine biologist <laughs> Uh, who's working at this institute where these two humpback whales, um, are, are at that the crew wants to take. And she's really good. She's sort of, to me, like almost a special sauce in this movie, uh, because she's sort of the, she's sort of like the grounding, um, that kind of we can relate to sort of in the, in the modern day, or at least when this was modern day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, she does a good job here with what she's given. Um, it's, not necessarily the most fleshed out role, but I think she does a good job with it. It's nice to, you know, if for fans of the original series, um, you know, there was an episode where we saw Spock's parents played by Mark Leonard and Jane Wyatt. Um, they're both in this movie, playing his parents again. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, there's lots of different actors and stuff in here that folks will probably recognize from, from other things. Um, uh, yeah, so it's, it's uh, one of the the best, I think, Star Trek movies. I, os- I often oscillate between this and Star Trek II, um, about which one I, I think is the best or which one I like the most. I, it, they're almost kind of tied dead even.
1: Yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned the, the pacing of the film, because that's one thing I, I really like about it. And for whatever reason, at the beginning of our screening, prior to the screening, they were showing some factoids up on the screen. And one of them was that um, Leonard Nimoy specifically wanted there to be no battles um he wanted this to be kind of a um a slower paced less you know less violence and i, I appreciate that about the the movie a, a great deal and i don't know if i wish more people would kind of make that decision in movies these days um it's kind of an unusual decision to make to make it less action-packed is -hmm. is kind of counterintuitive if you're wanting to create a big blockbuster movie. Um, But it it certainly works here. And the other thing that I absolutely love about this movie is um, the mystery of it. So there's this probe coming, and it's wanting to communicate to the whales. We never learn, like, the origins of this probe. We never learn what message it has. We never know what conversation it has with the whales. It's all this mysterious mystery. Yeah. And I love that. I love that it doesn't explain it. Um, it's just very intriguing. It always kind of gives me chills, that, that part.
0: That's something that we learned in the, in the little um, documentary that they showed before the movie, which I actually think is just one of the DVD extras. <laughs> but it's that, uh, I guess, Leonard Nimoy kind of tussled with the studio about that, because studio executives wanted subtitles. So whenever you heard the probe, um, you know, in the, in the finished product, you just hear the probe and you don't know, like you said, what it's saying mm-hmm. exactly. Um, you know it's intent, kind of, but not exactly the, 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 the language. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nimoy wanted it left that way, uh, and it was. But I guess, yeah, the studio executive is really, really pushing, like, you know, we need to have subtitles. he let the folks know what's happening. and
1: He's mm-hmm. like, no, 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 people <laughs> will get it. They'll, they'll understand. Yes, yeah. and people love a little mystery, you know, especially when it comes from probes in space. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, I want to mention too. So the I love the score um, for this movie, and it was uh, the music was composed by Leonard Rosenman. And so I used to have this soundtrack. Really, it's a score. I used to have this score on um, cassette, and I wore that cassette tape out back in the day because I would just listen to you know side A and side B and back and forth all the time. I just love, I love the music to this. I also did the same with my Star Trek 6 cassette, uh, score. But, uh, there's a couple of tracks on here that he did not compose. He actually invited sort of a, a jazz fusion, um, group called the Yellow Jackets. Um, who who are still I guess performing? They have a website if you check it out. But he invited them to do a couple of uh, tracks, and one of them made it into the movie, and one of them did not. But the one that did is actually one of one of my favorite tracks. It's called like Market or something, and it is played when Kirk and crew are in on the streets of San Francisco, and they're looking around, and they're like starting to split up and look around. It's a it's a funny scene, and I like I like the music for that. All right, so um, it's a it's a great movie. It's it's 35 years old, but I I, I think it's, it's still engaging. Mm-hmm. And uh, for and for sci-fi, it 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 uh, maybe because there's a, ultimately a lack of outer space battles and whatnot. I, I still think the effects hold up. So yeah, what what would you give it out of ten?
1: Um, I give it an 8.8. Okay.
0: Um, I will give it an 8.6. So our score is an 8.7. Uh, the Tomato Meter critic and audience score is 81%, meaning 81% of critics and audiences like the movie. So yeah, that is Star Trek for The Voyage Home. Uh, definitely watch it if you haven't, or I would you know, recommend a rewatch.
1: Definitely. Thank you for listening.